Have you and your coworkers been grappling with burnout at work? Burnout has been a hot topic, and yet it continues to persist because the symptoms are often dismissed as run-of-the-mill stress or overworking. In this episode, I'm chatting with Julia Coy and Lindsay Coy, two of the breakout session speakers for the Maine Women's Conference coming up on October 25th. They shared their personal stories and their insightful perspectives on burnout at work. Julia and Lindsay are sisters, consultants, facilitators, and co-founders of Capital H. They bring over 30 years of collective experience in public health, psychobiology, analytics, and management training from Ivy League academia, global nonprofits, and Fortune 500 companies. They transform company cultures through programs grounded in organizational insights and human biology. Their services include emotional intelligence trainings, conflict resolution, burnout prevention, and leadership development. And they're inspired by what's possible when we harness the power of human connection to transform the world of work and the world that we live in. And in this episode, Lindsay, Julia, and I discuss the current state of affairs in regard to burnout, the myths of burnout that keep us from eradicating it, why learning about burnout makes you a better leader, and the solution, which is a marriage of individuals and corporations, and also where to get started. If you are new to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I'm Jody Flynn, the CEO and founder of Women Taking the Lead, a leadership development company that works with individuals, organizations, and boards to close the performance gap by attracting, developing, and successfully promoting more women into senior levels of leadership. My goal is for this podcast to be a valuable resource for you and others in your organization to develop in your leadership. You'll find a blending of topical episodes, on-air coaching episodes, and case studies of organizations succeeding in their gender parity initiatives. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Jody Flynn. Be sure to add a note to the invitation, letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Now, let's bring Lindsay and Julia on. Welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, Julia and Lindsay. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here, Jody. Thank you, Jody. I'm thrilled to have you both here. Super excited. You know, as, as I mentioned in the intro, we are getting ramped up and excited about the main women's conference and the two of you are going to be speakers there. But before we really dive into our conversation, which is, you know, a serious subject, but of course, like we can make jokes and have laughs and that sort of thing. If you could tell everyone a little bit more about you and or yourself and what you have going on in your personal lives right now. Yeah, I can start. So thanks so much, Jody. This is this is Lindsay. So a little bit about me. So I live in Maine. Um, I've got a yellow lab. I love playing the piano, going to the beach, hiking. Um, and a fun fact about us, uh, Julia and I are both getting married this year in the next two months. 
oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you must be like, your family oh, must be like, oh, oh goodness. <laughs> yes. Yes. All <laughs> weddings. How wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we're super excited. Um, one funny story from this summer. So we're, you know, kind of outdoorsy. We love, we love pretty much anything outdoors. Our dad, um, is a big sailor. So his side of the family is all into sailing. And one of the rules before you can marry into the Coit family, so therefore our fiancés had to go through this, um, is that you have to learn to sail. So Ryan and Tim both took sailing lessons this summer. And my dad had had them out on a sailing regatta in in small boats this summer. Um, so they passed the test. So the marriages are on October um, <laughs> and December. Um, and we're super excited. Oh, that's amazing, dads. <laughs> Love dads. Oh my goodness. Okay, next question. And this is this is burning for me. I'm sure it's burning for the women who are listening too. What is it like to work with your sister? <laughs> it's such a great question. We we get this question a lot and really appreciate it because yeah, it can, you never know, right? It's people's relationships are really different with their siblings. Um, for us, we grew up playing sports together. We put, played soccer, we played lacrosse all through high school um, and then some some thereafter. And so we were just kind of the, the sisters, siblings that, you know, kind of had that telepathy, right? Like, you know where somebody is on the field, you kind of know what they're going to do next. Um, and, and then our, our careers diverged. We went to college, we went to grad school in different places, um, spent time abroad and then came back to Maine, ended up in Maine, uh, four years ago or so, um, and started thinking about working together and what we've learned so far. What I know about Lindsay is that, uh, she's, a, she's what you call one of those corporate athletes, like, you know, just kind of can do it all. She has run a bunch of marathons. She has hiked Everest base camp. Um, she's just a real badass that you want on your team. And I'm really lucky to have her on mine. So um, all positive from from my standpoint. I don't know if Lindsay agrees, but <laughs> how about you, Lindsay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Julia hit it on the head, right? Like we grew up playing sports and with that, you develop like an innate um, sense of how someone moves in the world and how they communicate. And that we have not lost after, you know, it's been 20 years since we've been in the same field. But Julia, we have such complementary skill sets. Like I'm a very tactical, practical, logical, you know, corporate athlete, as Julia would say. But Julia, on the other hand, is a very big picture, creative, um, steady, calm under pressure that brings a sense of kind of groundedness to the business that we absolutely need. So unbeknownst to us, having never actually worked together, uh, we have very complementary skill sets and backgrounds that have made Capital H possible. Oh, that's amazing. And that's so important in a business to have those complementary skills, you know, yes. someone who can like fill in like one's own gaps, but also stretch you and get you thinking in different ways. Um, exactly. And I've worked with my siblings. I have seven brothers and sisters. We're all close in age. When we were younger, like teenagers, early twenties, we all worked through the wow. same place. Um, and the thing is with working with family, it's great when you're getting along and it's horrible if you disagree, or I should say at that age, it was because we were so young, we yeah. didn't know how to disagree well. Mm -hmm. so, but that is the thing with families. Like if you're, you're, working together on anything, collaborating on anything, because that could be inside or outside of work. It's great when everyone's getting along because you do know each other well and you can pick up the signals. But like, do we know how to disagree 
well. <laughs> because yeah, on the head, exactly. Conflict management and it's not always sunshine and rainbows, but do you have a strong foundation of trust? Do you know each other? Can you get through it? And do you have good communication styles? Um, I think it's those are some really important keys as well. Thank you for adding that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important for any team. Gosh, you're speaking my love language right now, but we are here to talk a little bit about the, it's the topic of your session for the main women's conference. So let me read the title. So everyone knows like what you guys are going to be up to. It's called let's get engaged three steps to bypassing burnout and finding your flow at work. I love that. And I think while we've all heard a lot about burnout, uh, you know, there, there are some things that are just, I don't think most people have wrapped their arms around what this is. And for, you know, and in this audience, like, let's unleash this because we, we're talking to leaders, you know, so, you know, the people who are listening to this podcast right now, they're, they are leaders, they're leaders in their lives, in their organizations, in their families, right? So they've, they've got teams. In, in many different capacities. And so this is an important topic, but if you could start us off with like what, you know, cause we started hearing about burnout during the, a little bit before the pandemic, but more so it became like a real topic during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. What is the current state of affairs with this topic of burnout? Yeah. Thank you so much, Jody. Um, I love that you highlighted that we have so many leaders listening here because this is a very burning topic, if you will, LOL. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's um, Before we dive into the state of affairs, I think um, it's really important to define what burnout is. I think we all have a concept of, of what we think it might be because we use it in our common language now. It's like, oh, I had a rough day. I'm feeling so burned out. Yeah, I'm so um, burned out with this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm so burned out. I just can't anymore. And we totally understand that. Um, but it's important to kind of zoom out and actually understand a little bit more about the term. So in 2019, the World Health organization, which we all know now from COVID, but they have historically deal with globally important diseases like malaria, tuberculosis, HIV. Um, they got involved and added the definition of burnout to what's called their international classification of diseases. Wow. And they came up with a definition and it's, it's actually a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. And so what we can take from this is that First of all, it's a really important health issue that affects people around the globe. Um, it's all about stress and stress manifests itself physically. And second of all, they are very specific in that it's workplace related stress. And so that's what we're here to talk about. And it's why so why so important that leaders are listening, because this is it does have its roots in the workplace. And that's where so many of the solutions lie. Um, it's characterized by three hallmark symptoms, exhaustion, that feeling of I'm so tired and depleted. Sleep just doesn't cure this kind of tired um, feelings of inefficacy where you feel like you're running on a treadmill or running a marathon with no finish line. You've got nothing done. You're just going, going, going. And then cynicism. You're, you're, there are changes in your brain that happen when you're chronically stressed out and you become cynical. You're negative. You see the world through a completely different lens and you're just not yourself. Um, so that's, that's what we wanted to start out with before setting the context about the current state. Now knowing what the definition is, it's not good out there. I mean, 
studies are showing that um, estimates vary, but a lot of studies show that a vast majority of workers who have been surveyed, 89% in one study, have reported having experienced burnout within the past year. I mean, that's so crazy. Jody. I don't know if some of your folks are reporting that they're feeling burnout or if that aligns for you, but it certainly does for, for us and our clients. Definitely for sure. I just want to confirm that. I am hearing that from my clients and just people I'm networking with as well. Like, I, I think... And as a part of that, we've had to change our expectations, um, at least from my my standpoint, in terms of what I can expect from my clients and other people, just having empathy and space for the fact that they, they're exhausted and there's only so much they can give. It's absolutely right. And it's, it's really, it's terrible. I mean, there, it's very, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a very sad issue at the, at the end of the day, because we all live such full lives and we need to be able to give more. There's more to life than just work. So um, really figuring out the root of this issue is, is really important. And what's worse thinking about the main women's conference is that women are actually more likely to suffer from burnout than men. They've reported higher levels of burnout for years. And that gap is only growing. It's more than doubled since 2019. The theories about what, what that's due to are many, um, you know, women tend to be in, fewer leadership positions as an ode to your the work that you do, Jody. Um, women haven't taken the lead as much as we need to so far. Um, and so that means different workload expectations, more administrative tasks, the list is long. Um, and burnout has everything to do with how we're managed at work. So it's not surprising that 70% of professionals feel that their employers aren't doing enough to prevent and alleviate burnout. And Lindsay's going to talk a little bit about what the consequences are um, to all of these issues. Yeah. And I would just underscore Julia, something that you just said, which is burnout is a huge issue globally and organizations aren't doing their part to help prevent it and solve it. And we're going to get to that a little bit later, but it begs the question, you know, okay, so what, what are the risks of, you know, why do we have to address burnout? What are the real implications? And from an organizational standpoint, they're huge. So people who are burned out, and this is you know, for, for your listeners, like thinking about your direct reports and what's at risk for you and your organization, people who are burned out are 23% more likely to take a sick day, which presents significant costs to organizations in the form of lost productivity, absenteeism, and turnover. Um, people who are burned out are two and a half more likely to look for a different job. And actually, interestingly, I learned this recently, burnout is in, 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 a, in one study, burnout is the number one reason that people leave their jobs in the US. So as a manager, you've got a lot of incentives there to help know how to recognize it and create a culture of burnout prevention. Yeah, it's crazy. And the health consequences are important to note as well. Going back to this definition from the World Health Organization, people who are burned out or are at the end of chronic stress are 23% more likely to go to the emergency room. They're one and a half percent times more likely to develop heart disease. And there are 10 different illnesses associated with chronic stress. So we're talking about a very big problem here. Mental fitness is your capacity to respond to life's challenges with a positive rather than a negative mindset. 
What diminishes your mental fitness is internal saboteurs. Saboteurs are the voices in your head that generate negative emotions in the way you handle life's everyday challenges. They represent automated patterns in your mind for how to think, feel, and respond. They cause all of your stress, anxiety, self-doubt, frustration, restlessness, and unhappiness. There are 10 different saboteurs, but not everyone is impacted by the same ones. There's a combination of two to four saboteurs that are likely more familiar to you. Are you curious to know which saboteurs are impacting your performance, wellness, and relationships, and how they do so? To take the saboteur assessment, go to positiveintelligence.com forward slash saboteurs. You can also find the link in the episode description right in your podcast app. It's hyperlinked, so you can click right on it. You can also reach out to me afterwards for an insight session if you'd like to dive deeper into your results. So again, to take the saboteur assessment, go to positiveintelligence.com forward slash saboteurs and find out exactly what you need to do to overcome your saboteurs. Okay. My mind is getting blown a little bit because Lindsay, you were just talking about like the very obvious um, symptoms of burnout where there's turnover and absenteeism. But I can also, I'm thinking of um, a couple of my clients in particular and the, the work environment that they're in and what's going on within their teams. Um, and I'll, I'll be pointing to what you just told us as well too, Julia, but some of the other symptoms, they're, they're a little more subtle, but it's like being resistant to change, right? When people are exhausted, even if we know we need to do things differently and move forward in a different way, I I think burnout might be one of the reasons why the team, although they say they want to get on board, are not on board with the changes and they revert back to kind of being on autopilot and doing what they've always done because they're, they're just they don't have the capacity, right? They don't have yes. enough energy because change takes energy. Doing things differently takes energy. And if you have a team that is burnt out, they're not going to be able to uh, make those changes. And also, um, so for those who are listening, if you have a team that like there's, you know, illnesses that keep coming up and keep coming up and keep coming up. I have, I have had a couple of clients, you know, talk about this team member has this, this team member is up with this, this team member, like that might, that's a sign, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one we might ignore if we're not looking at, at the whole picture and, Mm -hmm. and starting to make some connections, but go ahead, Julie. I just, I just said like from my own experience, I had to pause and be like, oh, yeah, and that's actually a great segue into into what some of the myths are about burnout. There's so many misconceptions about what burnout really is and what it isn't. And oftentimes when managers will see people saying, oh, I've got a headache or, oh, I'm, I just can't today or, you know, asking for a day off with this absenteeism issue, um, unknowingly, it's very easy to say, you know what? Yeah, just take a day off. So the myth is that taking time off and tapping into your PTO will solve your burnout take a vacation. You just need a vacation. Um, And taking time off is actually more of a coping mechanism than it is a prevention strategy. You'll only say that again, Julia. (laughs) That's important. (laughs) 
<laughs> like Oprah says, it's a tweetable moment. It's a tweet, tweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oprah, love her. Um, taking time off is actually more of a coping mechanism than it is a prevention strategy. And so what we mean by that, here's another analogy. Um, taking a day off to fix your burnout is like taking a break from a toxic relationship without reflecting or working on yourself. <laughs> you mm. just can't come back into the same kind of, you know, negative environment that's not supporting you to be at your best without actually addressing the root causes. Now, what we're not saying is that to recover from burnout, you don't need time off. Burnout recovery and burnout prevention are two very different things. And somebody who is in the throes of burnout definitely needs to take a step away and needs time to recover their nervous system, their physiology, and their mindset so they can come back and re-architect their work so that it's set up to be a healthy environment to work in. Um, but the solutions to burnout, which we're going to get into in our session in a little bit here, are far deeper, more systemic, and long-term than just taking a day off. And I think this is worth underscoring, just like an example, Julia and I have got a client, they've got an incredibly sophisticated senior leadership team. I think all but one of them have PhDs and I w no judgment. This is no judgment, but this is how non-obvious this, this phenomenon of burnout is. They were like, well, I know our team is burned out, but we have an unlimited PTO policy. So this really shouldn't be an issue. Like they should just take PTO. So our culture, unfortunately, oversimplifies burnout that is not helping us in the realm of actually preventing it. Mm -hmm. And that's also pointing to the fact that they don't understand what the cause of burnout yes. is. And this happens a lot in organizations, even on issues that don't impact your, your mental and physical and emotional health, like things like trainings that only address the symptoms, but don't address the root problem. Like exhaustion is a symptom. Mm -hmm. Yes, the root problem. Exactly. And Jody, that is like a perfect segue into our myth number two, which is that being overworked is the sole and primary cause of burnout. Because there are actually five other uh, root causes that show up in the workplace that we don't often think of. Um, so this is like being overworked and having an unmanageable, unmanageable and unending workload is the most common reported cause of burnout. But there are, as I mentioned, five other factors and they are choice and control. So having autonomy over how, when, and where you do your work. And for leaders, this is important for you to know, to be able to scan for these six aspects of burnout. And by the way, these have come from a uh, burnout scholar, Christina Maslach. She's done decades of research at a Stanford on, on burnout. Um, but the third area is recognition. So when someone is burned out, there could be a complete lack of recognition for a job well done, whether that is social recognition, private recognition, it can be gifts. It's, we like to encourage leaders to find your team's love language when it comes to re being recognized. Ask them, how do you like to be recognized? You'll be surprised at how differently people mm -hmm. like that. Um, the fourth is lack of fairness. So a per perceived lack of fairness or equity in the organization um, the fifth one is having meaning. So not really understanding one, how your work ties actually helps the end user or under, not having a perspective on, wow, I don't feel like my work is meaningful at all. I'm just, that's very transactional. Um, is it tied to my own personal goals? Is it tied to a broader mission? 
And then lastly, community. Having people with friends at work are three and a half more times likely to stay at an organization. So how are you actually getting to know your team as humans and giving them an opportunity to get to know themselves? So these are these are not obvious when it comes to burnout, but um, Maslach you know, recommends you don't have to have six of all six of these factors perfectly at work, but can you pick two or three to really nail with your team? And that's going to go a long way in creating a, a culture of burnout prevention. Oh, I could see that. And I mean, all six, that's a great goal, but yeah, you have to start small and it has to be doable, but, the, but those are the roots, right? That, that is getting to the root of the problem of what is causing burnout. And you can see in our fast paced environments, at work right now, just with technology changing so fast. And we're also in environments where there are a lot, there is a lot of turnover. And so people are a little overworked. These are all things that can get overlooked and dismissed in the drive to just get the work done and deliver. Right. And they show up as exhaustion, just as you said, you know, it's like, oh, well, you must just be exhausted. So take a day off. And it's like, listen, you might be working on a team where you've got no autonomy, you're being micromanaged, or you don't know anyone at work, you're very isolated, or, you know, you're not being recognized or thanked for any of the work that you do. All of those things add up to the same symptoms that we talked about before. So it's, it's, it's very layered and important to tease out what's going on. Yeah. Amazing. Any other yeah, myths our, we should know about? Oh, sorry, Lindsay, go ahead. Yeah, no, th- we just want to bust one more myth, yes. which this is my favorite because it is our society has crafted language around burnout that makes it seem like an individual weakness. So the myth is that burnout is an individual weakness. It is absolutely not. It is a social phenomenon. Um, it is a, um, it's something that we're all working through, but unfortunately it is stigmatized. We're judged for being lazy or you can't handle it. Or, you know, we work amidst this hustle culture that makes it so stigmatized. So it's really important to realize that it is not an individual weakness. It's actually, um, it's layered, right? We've got the society that we live in. So hustle culture, systemic inequities, the pandemic that already puts a strain on us, even if we are the most resilient people in the world, just by nature of living in this real world, we've got strain and and we're susceptible to burnout. Then you put us inside of an organization, which we know comes with its own challenges of what we all just mentioned, workload, being micromanaged, we're not being recognized. And then you look at the individual. We've always got different circumstances when it comes to, you know, where do we live? How do we take care of our bodies? What illnesses are we battling? Are we perfectionists? Are we people pleasers? So at these three different levels, the kind of cultural level, the organizational level, and the individual level, it is absolutely not on us, on the individuals to absorb the burden of burnout, frankly. And, you know, this is something that we preach pretty strongly is that the solution when it comes to workplace burnout is a collaboration, an active collaboration between the individual and the organization. The individual, it's important to know you're not a victim to your circumstances. You need, This is where personal resilience comes in and working on your physical wellness, your cognitive and your behavioral resiliency. And then from an organizational perspective, how are you as a manager, as a leader, making structural changes at work by way of process automation, different efficiencies, creating a culture of wellness, and checking in with your team regularly on stress levels? Thank you for alleviating alleviating that burden <laughs> on individuals feeling like, oh, this is my, it's a me problem, right? Yes. It's, 
it's not a you problem. You will have to deal with it, right? You yeah. are part of the solution here, but you didn't create this, right? And it's not because you're not resilient enough or you're not smart enough or good enough or anything like that. You are, you are part of a system that is creating this. And as a part of that system, you need to play a role in it, but not on your own. And thank you again, too, for, because we overlook, we put so much pressure on individuals you know, to, to figure everything out. This is a collaboration. Yes. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, you know, as leaders within organizations, you may not feel, you know, for each, each person individually might have a different experience about how powerful their voice is at work. But typically what, what I've been sharing on the podcast and what I, I say with my clients is like, find allies, find sponsors, you know, find, you know, team up, find advocates, that sort of thing to make those changes. I'm, I'm thinking of one woman um, in my network um, who happened to be a senior leader in her organization, recognized that she was burnt out and looked around to see how everyone else was doing and then went to the CEO and said, we have to make changes. That's amazing. I know that's not everyone's story, but if yep. you're not at the senior level, you know, like, team up and find people who are willing to talk about the problem as well, because it's, it's together, you know, in groups that we can make more change if we individually don't feel like we have enough power to do it ourselves. Yes, Jody, And I think that highlights a really good point where start with you, put your oxygen mask on first and then go find others who are doing the same. I love that kind of ground, ground up approach. Yeah. yeah and that's the reason that like, you know, it's the, it's the reason that leaders really need to be well versed in, in the truth about burnout. It really, it makes you a better leader. You're able to bring people along with you for the ride. Um, and if you're able to truly recognize burnout in yourself, you're then able to begin to structure work differently and help teams prevent burnout for the long term by bringing in voices from the top and, you know, generating structural change on the organization with the organization. Um, so that's why we like to make sure that, you know, we're, we're telling the truth about it, you know, lifting the veil on, it's not just kind of a, a synonym for I'm so stressed out. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are lots of different factors that leaders, leaders can know about it. Amazing. And, and all the more reason why the women attending the main women's conference want to attend your session. So let me talk a little bit about that. I believe, um, your session is at 11 a.m. Uh, the day of the conference, which is October 25th. It's in Portland, Maine. And for those listening, there will be a link in the show notes description where you can buy your ticket so you can attend Lindsay and Julia's session. It's called Let's Get Engaged, Three Steps to Bypassing Burnout and Finding Your Flow at Work. And it's, I believe it's right after the session I'm doing at 10 a.m., which is all around busting busy. Right? I think I think our sessions are going to complement each other very, very well. But for those who are listening who cannot attend, I'm going to say first and foremost, attend the conference if you can. If you don't live in Maine, go there. October is an amazing time to be in Maine. And Lindsay and Julia could probably point out some really fun things that you could do in Maine while you're there. But if for whatever reason you cannot attend the conference, uh, Lindsay and Julia, you mentioned that you have something uh, a, that people could attend if they can't be at the conference in person. 
Yeah. And I think first and foremost, yes, we love Maine. We grew up here. We would love to recommend restaurants or anything if you have never been here and want some tips. So I just want to put that out there. But from a burnout perspective, one of the things that we offer is one of the things we pride ourselves on for our presentations is having them be actionable and practical. So not just presenting theories and research about burnout, but what can you do about it tomorrow at your at your job or in your life? And so we've got a free um, free guide on d- developing personal resilience to combat burnout that we can, if anyone, and Jody, I don't know if people can get our email, uh, send us an email, mm-hmm. but we can send that to you today if you want. Um, but otherwise, we do run virtual trainings, 90-minute trainings for leaders on how to recognize burnout and create sustained cultures of burnout prevention and professional fulfillment. Um, so happy to talk to any of your listeners who might be interested uh, in either of those things. Mm-hmm. I can definitely put your emails on the show notes page and in the episode description, along with your LinkedIn profiles, because for those who are listening, I connected with Lindsay and Julia on LinkedIn, and this is what came of it. So love that platform, love networking and connecting with people on LinkedIn, but I'll also put your email addresses um, in the notes as well so that people can uh, reach out to you directly. Okay. Any last thoughts before we go? So yes, this was to be clarify. This was merely a teaser for what they are going to be presenting um, in their session at the Maine Women's Conference. But any final thoughts, Lindsay and Julia? We're really excited for the session uh, and we hope you can make it. Uh, it's going to be fun and dynamic. Um, but I, Jody, I just want to express our gratitude to you for giving us this platform to communicate this really important message for everyone, but especially women. So thank you again. And thank you both so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. Thank you, Jody. And I'll see you at the conference. Yay. (laughs) What was your biggest takeaway from my conversation with Julia and Lindsay? Head over to LinkedIn to join in on the conversation there and share your thoughts. Lindsay and Julia will be speaking at the Maine Women's Conference on October 25th in Portland, Maine. This conversation was a little taste of what they're going to share in their session, and I encourage you to come to Maine. If you're not already there, come to the conference and meet them in person. My session at the Maine Women's Conference is immediately after Lindsay and Julia's. I'm going to be dismantling that old stress inducer, time. Have you wished you could clone yourself so multiple versions of you could divide and conquer your task list? Have you also had the fantasy of time freezing and you can get all caught up while the world stands still? How about imagining you were gifted an extra hour in your day? How would you spend it? How would you spend an extra day in your week? If you're feeling like there isn't enough time to do everything you want to or need to be doing, this presentation is for you you're going to understand why even though you employ dozens of time management strategies, you're still busy and busy is killing your joy and hurting your career. You'll gain strategies that create more opportunity for you as a leader and increase the X factor of executive presence, 
and you will also get mindset shifts to keep your stress levels down and create more ease as you make changes to your workday and workload. The link to get your ticket is in the episode description. Scroll down to access the link and be sure to use code M-E-W-C underscore Jody Flynn underscore 10% at checkout. And that code is right in the description as well. So don't worry, you can copy and paste it. As always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success.